I'm Chris. And I'm Dom. And, and we, we got next. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of the We Got Next podcast. Uh, <clears throat> it might sound a little weird in here, but the current podcast room, uh, we're not inside of that. Uh, actually, uh, out in my living room, moved to PS4 for a week. We'll be back in the podcast room next week. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. I do apologize about there not being a podcast last week. Uh, I got back from Los Angeles. Oh, no. Sorry. Got back from Minneapolis Sunday, where we normally would post this and record. Uh, got back on Sunday and left for Los Angeles on Monday. But we're back. Both of us are here. Uh, but we do have a lot to talk about. Yes, that we do. Um, you know what? I think we should go ahead and start with the the concept of betas. Are betas a positive thing? Are they a negative thing? Uh, we've had a lot of discussion off, off air about it. Um, I feel like we should bring them in on this conversation, though. Mm-hmm. So, so, Chris, why don't you go ahead and, and start us off on that? Well, I think the betas are useful if they're actually a beta. Now, a lot of the things they say they claim are betas, quote-unquote, now, they're actually just like demos for the game. They say, oh, yeah, things are subject to change, but most of the time the betas release, like, you know, a month before the release date of the actual game. It's pretty much a demo. You're not going to get that much more different stuff. Maybe some small, minor changes, but nothing too drastic. Now, do I think it's good to have, like, the demos and the betas? Yeah, of course. Like, you need those to test out a game. But a lot of them come at, like, a price. They're, like, pre-order bonuses, which I think is bullshit. Like, why would I want to be able to play a game early to see if I even like it after I've already spent $60 buying the game? Well, I think the good part about it is, yeah, you pre-order the game and you get this bonus for the beta codes. Now, let's say you play the beta and you think that game is just horrible. Well, you can go cancel the pre-order. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that in the end, you should just, like, beta should, not all So you think betas. it should be like Overwatch? How is this going to be a free beta? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it's pretty much going to be a demo for the game. The game's already, like, you know, been out for a while. Like they, It's not officially released yet. But it's been on PC for so long that, like, literally, like, the closed beta's been going on since, like, last year. Last year, people were talking about it and playing it. So, like, now it's an open beta for, the, like, the public. So, I mean, like, you need shit like that. You need that. Like, uh, I played the Gears of War closed beta, and there were some things in there that, like, I de- definitely needed to see. I mean, there were some things that were broken and didn't work correctly. But at the same time, like, it was just a fun game. And, like, me being able to play it kind of made me want to pre-order the game. That's, a, that's I think, the purpose of a beta should be. Like, to see a game, play it before it's, like, fully done. And, like, a demo the same way. Like, you need, we need demos. And we live in a day and age where demos and betas aren't really, like, they're few and far between. You only get them when you pre-order, pre-order the game or when you do this, you know, sign up for this, you know, thing, blah, blah, blah. Give us some money and we'll give it to you. 
let you play early, let you decide then. It's like, well, you should be able to decide before you actually have to have any money change hands. That's how I feel about it. Well, I understand that. And I think to me, it's it's like, you know, you should always... To me, it's like this is an attempt, right, at showing you, you know, we've spent all this time and all this money. And I think with the open betas... I think that is to improve the multiplayer experience for everyone. Because, I mean, yeah, you can have the professional gamers come in and, and beta test and alpha test. Mm -hmm. They're not going to find as much of the, oh, well, you can stand right here, shoot them, and they won't even see your body. Like, that's what just the average player will find. Yeah, I mean, that's more like the communities in general. Like, the communities for video games are fucking toxic, in my opinion. They find things to exploit games. It's always going to be in video games or in any sort of, like, thing. Someone's going to find something to exploit. But, um, like you said, betas are really for, like, multiplayer purposes, like testing the servers to see if they can, like, actually handle so many people playing and um, just seeing how certain levels perform or certain aspects of the game perform. But outside of that, there's really not like, like the betas we get now aren't technically betas. They're they're literally demos because they come out like a month before the game. You know, some people get early access beta codes, which you know, those might actually be betas. But a majority of them, they're just you know demos. Yeah, like like you played the early access Gears of War beta. Yeah. Uh, um, which, by the way, um, I mean I I didn't play because because I was gone. But how did you, how did you feel about that? Um, I really like the game. I've always been a fan of Gears of War. It's one of the first games I really played heavily on Xbox 360, and um, I have some really fond memories of playing like the multiplayer and everything. Now I will say this was definitely a beta. It was almost like an alpha build of the game because literally there were you know there's like a game breaking glitch that was in the game where everything would flash on the screen and you could not tell what the map was or where you were and stuff and it would only happen like for you like so everybody else would be playing normally it would only happen for like you know one or two people and I feel like that type of stuff like yes it is annoying and it's stupid and obviously no one wants to deal with that shit but when I see stuff like that happen it's like okay yeah they need to work on this it's, it might be a server problem might be a problem within the game itself but I know it's a beta. It's, they're still working on it. The game's not set to be released until, like, October or some shit like that. So, there's a lot of time in between now and then. It's not a demo. And I, I like the weapons. I like how the multiplayer... They gave you a little incentive, too. Like, if you got to level 20, they would give you stuff for when the game actually released. Which is, like, really fucking cool. I like that. They, they handled it really That was well. for the Black Ops, right? No, that was for uh, Gears of War. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black yeah. Ops 3, they didn't do that. They just gave you up to level, like, I think it lets go up to level 50 or something like that. But they didn't give us anything for it. We just got the weapons up to that point, and then it just disappeared afterwards. I think this one, it, either you you get some special skins or something, and then I think you get, like, uh, double XP, or you get a lot of those, a certain percentage of it back or something like that. I don't remember. But 
it, it definitely is a deal. And I like I appreciated it. So it made me kind of want to pre-order and buy Gears of War more. And I think that's what a good demo or beta, well, actually a good beta should do. Yeah. I mean, I feel... I feel... I feel like I'm pretty excited for this Overwatch beta. And again, it's it's not even really a beta, like you said. It is a demo, but to me, it's like it's a stress test. Like, we're going to see how much our service can stand. Yeah. How many people get booted. Um, the one good thing that I will say that I really, like, in the aftermath of the uh, Battleborn beta, mm-hmm. um, I got an email. Yeah. Asking me to take a survey. Um, and in that survey, it was, you know, how many hours did you spend playing? Okay, well, what game What game modes did you play? Uh, what characters did you use? Which actually means that they're paying attention to, like, what we're doing. You know, it's not just... It's not just... Oh, here's a here's a beta. Play it. We don't really care what you think. And it was like when you played the game modes, did you use the gear? Like they really wanted to know what are people doing. Yeah. So I mean, like, but then again, the company is making Battleborn. They also made Borderlands, so that's True. pretty important too. Like they actually genuinely care about people and their customers. So I think it varies between. You know, company to company and game to game, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, We are about to take a five-minute break. It won't sound like a five-minute break to you guys, but my dogs need to go outside, and we're in the living room, so I can't really ignore that fact. So give us just one moment. We'll be right back. Um, Normally, I would say this is where we go pay some bills, and I'd have a commercial for you guys or something, but we don't have any of that. Uh, at least at this house, all the promos were cut at the owner of the Double E's house, and he has all of those. So, again, five minutes for you guys. We'll be back right now. We are back, and like I said, I really feel like the betas are for the betas are stress tests. It's not. It's not necessarily to make the game, I don't want to say, like, better or worse, but it's for, it's, it's, just to, just to see if the, uh, like, game can handle that many people playing, like, the servers can, and. Just to see how people like use certain weapons and like balancing and stuff like that. It's oh, not yeah. necessarily for like actually fixing like issues within the game itself, which that makes sense. I mean, that's I would seem like more of a <clears throat> more for alphas, anyways. Like an alpha bi- big uh, build of a game is definitely like an unfinished product product that like you know they are actually fixing things and changing things and there are things inside of it that like you know are definitely broken that's kind of what I feel about the Gears of War beta like things in it were definitely broken and things you know weren't you know balanced all the way but it was still fun 
Absolutely. And, like, I definitely feel like it just made me respect that game more because it was like, I see all the potential in it and I know how long it's going to take, you know, for me to get to that, for us to get to that point. So I can wait and see where they go with it, which is kind of good. Yeah. <clears throat> so last week we didn't have a show, so we didn't get to talk about the new maps that came out in Call of Duty. We did it. And this week, there's a bunch of new stuff in Call of Duty. So, so last week the new map have came out, and um, I'm gonna say from my you know personal experience with the new maps, they're okay. Like they're just alright. There's one map to me that is totally trash, and that's Verge. I think it's garbage, hot garbo, and I think it should not be inside of Call of Duty at all. You don't I know think it, Verge should be at all? Oh no, it's terrible. It's just... It's a reskin of an old map, which to me are always trash because, you know, just because we liked an older game a lot does not mean that it's, you know... I don't know. I just don't think the maps match up well with certain guns and aspects of this game. And this one, like, just like the overall feel of the map, how you can flank so easily and there's like five different ways to one spot. I don't like that. That's like that's what Call of Duty Ghost was, and that's definitely not what I like. So that's why I'm saying that map is trash. Other people like it. Some of my more you know competitive friends in Call of Duty say they really like the map. That's fine. I think the map's trash, and I don't have fun with it at all. Yeah. Um, other ones are all pretty good. Didn't give us any weapons again because. You know, Call of Duty sucks like that. They're trying to make their money. Well, Activision sucks like that. Yeah. But this week, a lot of new stuff came out. Um, earlier, later last week, but earlier this week, it was leaked that the next Call of Duty could possibly be in space. I think we discussed this before, too. Yeah. And um, it was kind of confirmed because someone pulled some files and came across, you know, this thing called Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And nothing was confirmed at the time. But then earlier this week, there was a picture leaked from a GameStop. Uh, you know, like the pressers, they have like, you know, the billboards they're going to put up and everything like that, posters. Someone put that down. And then also on PSN on Monday, they actually put up, you know, the thing to be able to pre-order it early. They took it down immediately afterwards, but people saw it, screenshot it. So it was definitely Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And now there's a bunch of Easter eggs within uh, Nuketown map. There's a there's audio and a video that plays, and at the end of the, there's posters, and then at the end when you end the match, whether you're depending in, on like it's random. Yeah. At the end of the match of Newtown, normally it just says Newtown offline, but now it shows a skull, and sometimes it actually shows like a video of the guy, and he's talking, and he's like, "We're you know we're gonna destroy you," and he's pretty intimidating. He's pretty cool looking, but. I'm just definitely confirmed Call of Duty's inside of space, and I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel about space Call of Duty? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking that with with how the new you know, gameplay elements 
have been going with jetpacks and then this wall running and I think a, a good combination of both can make um, I'm trying to think of how to put it correctly I think it can be good but I personally don't want to play it. Hmm. I mean, I have to see more. The trailer comes out tomorrow. For the actual release trailer for it. But I feel like uh, the game itself, Call of Duty has gone to this future thing, and there's no going back for it, I feel like, because now all of the franchises are now in the future. Yeah. Call of Duty Ghost was the last one that was not inside the future. It was still set in, like, the near future. So, yeah, there was some kind of futuristic stuff, but most of it was, like, based on real-world stuff now. Now it's like, we're going to be in space. And with the movement system introducing advanced warfare, Black Ops 3 kind of had to continue that. You know, they had to have the jetpacks because now we're so accustomed to it. There's no going back to the old way of playing Call of Duty. Well, and I think the same thing is with specialists, too. I think it's the same way. Like, people are going to start, like, actually being like, yeah, we're, like, I like the specialists the most. And that's going to, I don't know how to explain it. It's like when they added in the thrust jumping and the sliding, when they added in the sliding in Call of Duty Ghost, it changed the way people play. Yeah. And, like, we got so accustomed to it, then they added in the advanced warfare, they had the thrust dr- jumping. And now we're so used to it, they added it into Black Ops 3. So I feel like it's just going to be like that from now on. Like, thrust jumping, sliding, and being able to, like, the the, the multi, multi-directional movement is definitely still going to be there in the next Call of Duty, even after Infinite Warfare. You think it, you think it, it, it has to stay? Yeah, because we can't go back to the older, slower way of playing Call of Duty. Well, I think that... With this, oh, okay, so also leaked is the fact that, um, if you pre-order the Legendary Edition, we're going to call it the Legendary, we don't know if I'm that's going to sure be. I'm Legendary. Yeah, of Infinite Warfare. You will get a remastering of COD Four. Co- yes, of and that was the first Modern Warfare, correct? Yes. So that has me thinking that you know if that goes well, and again that's a big if, but if that game turns out to be really good. It it could show Activision and everybody else. You can go back. You can have a good, realistic shooter. See, I don't think that that shows in that because... No, if people really enjoy it... It's going to be interesting to see how people play things. Like, play... 
the cock more over uh, Infinite Warfare, that's going to be the interesting part about it to me, at least. Outside of that, I don't think that it's really going to matter because, like, all in all, like, the remaster of COD 4 is is literally just a remaster. It's not a remake. It's just, like, they're updating the graphics. So, it'd be, like, the exact same game. So, if you enjoyed Call of Duty 4, then you're going to enjoy that game. And they kind of understand that. They know that. So there's really like, it's just like a draw to make people buy the game, not to like test anything out. Like, to test something out would be like a totally new game. And plus, you get it as a bonus for the next game, too. So, like, it, they're trying to boost sales. Like, that's going to make people, you know, buy it just for COD 4. Absolutely. I mean, I want to play COD 4, but I don't think I want to play it that badly. Where I want to buy this whole new game once I really want to play it. And I, I honestly want to try out Infinite Warfare. But I don't. I'm, I can't say I'm just gonna get it for COD Four, cause I didn't like COD Four that much either. It had bullshit in it too. All Call of Duty do so. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing is like to me, yeah, they all have that that bullshit. But I think that this one, with the remastering and have it on the newer systems. Because a lot of the times when it comes to the bullshit, it, it's your lagging, mm-hmm. you know. When they remaster games, they can change, you know, the hitbox. They could change all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the issue with COD, <clears throat> with COD 4 was really just like certain aspects of the game, certain perks and like certain things of it were just kind of bland or like overpowered. So they can adjust those things, but then it's still like a bland game. Like, I'm pretty sure COD 4 didn't have multiple kill streaks. It was just, I think it was 3, 5, and 7. And that's what everybody got. Yeah. That's not very fun to me. Like, that doesn't excite me anymore. Because, you know, now, Black Ops 3, I can have this and this and this and this that all does this. You know, I can pick different types of, you know... <clears throat> different types of kill streaks and have a different type of loadout and you know I could have six attachments on a gun now there really is like just not going back the same thing is like the reason why a lot of World War 2 shooters aren't as like you know prevalent now is because they're limited in the attachments in the guns cause honestly you have to pay for the guns you use like the names of them and like their likenesses as well as you're gonna have to pay for, you know, crap, what was the other thing you had to pay for? Not anything you had to pay for. You have to, like, you're limited with the attachments. Like, you look at, like, the Browning assault rifle or something like that. It only has so many attachments, like extended mags, maybe a stock or a grip. But, like, now you have, like, you know, holographic sights, you have burial sights, and you have long barrels, you have suppressors. When back then, they didn't fight with that type of stuff. So it kind of limits you. So that's why they're moving more towards the future stuff too. And also like the equipment, stuff like that. Yes, it is newer. I don't agree with it personally and I understand like why people want to go back. But I see why they continue to go with it. They can like just make shit up. They can just be like, oh, this is the Hay N44. It's like an AK-47, but it's like a totally new gun. They can't do that when a World War II shooter because we know what was around. Yeah. So do you think that we're going to reach a point where 
were just like, yo, come back. Like, you can't go that far. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we, we've reached a point already where people... I just feel like the market is oversaturated with these futuristic shooters. There's so many of them. Especially no, with Titanfall <clears throat> 2 being released. There, there, there's no counterbalance for it. There's no, like, World War II. And that's what Call of Duty was. Like, yeah, you had Halo. You had Gears of War. You had other futuristic shooters, but then you had Call of Duty, which was, like, boots-on-the-ground, realistic-style shooters. Like, you know, World War Two, <clears throat> things of that nature. And that's why I'm kind of excited about Battlefield, the next Battlefield, which is being announced next Wednesday or next Thursday. And uh, there was a leak about that, and people are starting to speculate that either it's in the future or it's, like, World War Two. Which, I mean, like, is a valid... Assumption, but I think it's gonna be a World War Two shooter. I hope because Battlefield definitely could like do that easily, and they can definitely make that a good game. And the company, not the company, but the team that is producing it and making it, Dice LA, they're the ones who fixed Battlefield Four after the big fluky launch that it had. So I think it's gonna be a really good game, way better than Hardline. Yeah. I think that with Call of Duty, I get that we're not going to have a shooter as big as Call of Duty. I don't want to say ever, but it'll be a long time before there really is something in my mind, that rivals it. You know, for that style of play. Mm-hmm. Fast pace. Fast paced and I don't want to say close quarters because I mean there, there are some times where you do kind of shoot from some distances. But I would say that it is still mostly a close quarter combat. Well, I mean, it's a it's a fast paced arcade shooter <clears throat> that it got really popular because all of the games around were like futuristic. Now it was like the World War Two boots on the ground, and it was just like you know all in all fun game to play. But I mean, I think a lot of games that could challenge you now don't because they're not. Technically, like how I how I say this the right way, they just don't handle as well as Call of Duty does. You get what I'm saying? Like, you look at a game like um, Titanfall. It was supposed to be the Call of Duty killer, but yeah. because there were certain aspects of the game that weren't as good, it was a little more clunkier. Everybody didn't really like the Titans. It was you know way too many bots on the map. It kind of fell through. You look at Medal of Honor the same way. It's hard to not copy a game like Call of Duty because it does everything just like not so well, but it's it's just so basic and simple that a lot of things that are in Call, like a lot of other shooters, when people are playing them, they're like, "Oh, it's like Call of Duty," but that's like the gold standard now. And even though, like you know, it made one or two things look slightly better, but it's not you know. 
it may do one or two things slightly better than other shooting games. It's still not really that much more better. And it's hard to think of a new idea without, you know, going too far in the future or, you know, doing some shit that no one really likes. That's, yeah. That's definitely what Titanfall did. And, I, and that's also what Destiny did. Yeah. Like, and Destiny really tried to combine the world of Call of Duty with, oh, I would say, like a, like a Borderlands almost. With all the different guns and different this, different that. See, I thought it was more like Halo and uh, Borderlands than Halo and Call of Duty. Because it does not handle like Call of Duty, in my opinion. Like, is it, I mean, it's funny that it's supposed to be a Call of Duty killer and then Call of Duty copied their exact things. And then just people enjoy Call of Duty more. But that's the here over there, you know. Sure, that happens all the time, though in the gaming community like we see certain things that we think that we like in certain games and like you know the big powerhouses will do it like you know the Call of Duty 2Ks the Maddens and then they'll uh you know people enjoy it more just cause that name recognition yeah but that's I mean I don't think that's again we've talked about it before like we have to support these new titles or else we are stuck like kind of forever you know with Call of Duty we're never gonna get anything new because we'll be like well our numbers aren't Call of Duty numbers so we're not gonna keep making it And just like, I don't know, stop fanboying over it. Which, and I get that, like, you know, saying something like that can be taken out of out of context. But, because, like, I'm a huge zombie fan. I completely understand why people love it. But that also doesn't mean that, like, it's all that there is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I just downloaded the free PlayStation Network game, Zombie. Um, you played it, right? Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that game. It's a lot of fun. I've been playing it a lot this week. Um, the other free game, I haven't played that at all the Dead Star, but I was going to test it out probably tomorrow. But the zombie game, it's like, um, I want to say it's like Dying Light without the parkour. So it's a little bit more, it's a lot less cartoony in the sense that you're not like climbing poles and stuff like that, which it could seem bland to some people, but it's a lot more, you know, quote unquote boots on the ground, a lot more grittier. You gotta think about things and there's two ways of playing it there's there's a story in it and the first way is like the regular story and or campaign mode and you get a survivor and you go through and you're doing everything but once you die you lose that survivor but all of your stuff is still on that person's body yeah and you have to go find it the body the zombie of your old character and kill it and get your it's called a bug out bag and that's the first way of playing, because every time you die, you get a brand new survivor. 
The other way of playing is just like straight survival mode. We only get one character. And then it's either you live or you die. And you try to live as long as you can. Which is also really fun too. It's a, it's a really interesting game. And people are really enjoying it. I feel like it's been, it was slept on pretty hard. Comparatively speaking to like Dying Light and like uh, Dead Island. I think that... I understand when people are like, oh my god, another zombie game. Like, I completely get it. Zombies is something that has been around forever. You know? We've always had something shooting at zombies. Mm-hmm. Or something about uh, oh, I want to make sure that I say it right. You know, it's always into the world. See, I feel like zombies are such like cultural icons now at this point that like there's kind of engraved into you know everything. Like, there's always gonna be like a zombie game. Like, there's not, there's no vampire fighting games. You know what I'm saying? There like, was. What was it? Um, it was this game, oh, it was on the PS2, oh, I wish I could remember it, but you were a vampire, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of was, like, infamous in the fact that you got to choose if you were good or evil, and that would kind of dictate your powers as well, you know? Well, I was saying, like, it's so easy to have, like, a survival game based off of zombies, where it's, like... There's no, like, survival game where you're surviving against, like, a world full of vampires or a world full of werewolves or other, like, you know, specific monsters of that nature. Zombies are just, like, they're iconic in a sense. Not even in a sense. They are iconic. Like, it's just so simple to be, like, there's a horde of these things coming at you. You have this to survive. That post-apocalyptic world. It just makes for interesting gameplay. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of works itself out. There's not a lot of extra thought involved with it. That's why there's so many zombie games out. Because now it's what makes money. And zombies, they make money. They really it's do. It's really easy to make a fucking zombie game. The technical side of it, I'm not saying that. Like, if you, like, are a game maker, don't be mad at me saying, like, making games is easy. But I'm saying, like, just the overall thought process behind it, there's not a lot of new and interesting things you really have to do to make a good zombie game. You look at a game like DayZ, which is just, like, a mod off of another game. Yeah. And that game is huge. And it's like, for to, to be nice about it, it is shitty looking. It and is. It, and it handles really fucking funny. But it's still really fun to play. So, I mean, zombie games are going to be around. Uh, but, since we were here last week, there was a game that came out, um, uh, that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Came out the same day as Dark Souls 3. Which, by the way, um, I put in two hours. But then I've also been gone. But probably still wouldn't play it more. I, I don't want to deal with my anger issues like that. But, um, it's Ratchet and Clank. Movie just got released. I think at some point we're going to go check that out. I'm not 100% sure yet. You know, we got to 
got to find a time and date to get everything done, of course. But um, when it comes to the game itself, uh, Chris, your thoughts? I think it's a really good game, and it's fun. It's a it's a remake of the original story, so there are some slight differences in it, but it's all basically the same. Same two characters, Ratchet and Clank. Their dynamic's really good. I like the weapons in it. I like the look of it. It looks beautiful. It's probably it, it's, it does. It's probably the best looking game on PlayStation Four, which is weird to say. But like when you go into some of these worlds, like Dom Dom's been playing it as we've been like recording the podcast. Yeah, because I was gone, so I didn't have a chance to play. Yeah, and it looks really good. Honestly, it, it kind of makes me wish that, like, hope that the, the Crash Bandicoot Bandicoot game is real. It makes me hope for a Spiral to Dragon game, because I really want to see those on PlayStation 4 and see what they can do. But yeah, everything everything is pretty much fun on it. Um, boss battles are pretty good. It's pretty well balanced. Uh, there's a good mixture of action the puzzles i will say there aren't as many puzzles yeah i will say that you know i've been playing like you said we i started the game up as soon as this um podcast started yeah i, I feel like there's a good mixture like there's a good amount of puzzles but, but i will also say i haven't hit a puzzle yeah so i mean to to me that was okay like it was fine like there's not a lot but at the same time as when they do happen it's kind of like a huge break from the game, I guess. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It, it, it Sometimes they feel out of place. Where it's like, it like slows down the flow of the game. And sometimes it's good, other times it's bad. It's just annoying. Also, the thing that they changed the most that really made me mad is they changed the way you acquire weapons. Now you collect these cards... When before in the past games, it was just having enough bolts to buy it. Everything's moving to this card format, which I don't really agree with and I don't really like. But, I don't know, I just... I feel like the, the card format for the guns and everything, you have to get a certain card to have it. It's just kind of stupid to me. I'd much rather this classic Ratchet and Clank collect my freaking bolts and let me, you know, play my game. But all in all, if I didn't put a number on it, it's definitely a 9 out of 10. It's a very solid game, very fun. The boss fights are fun, and the dynamic of Ratchet and Clank talking. All the characters are very cartoony, lively, entertaining, and it's a fun game. It's a good story. So it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, so far, I mean, like like we've been saying, um, I started playing this right now. Um uh, he is right. I mean, I'm I'm in a menu right now looking at weapons, and I'm just kind of spinning around Ratchet and Clank. Um, the fur looks, I mean, looks like fur. It looks like small hairs on an animal. Um, Clank looks fantastic. I mean, obviously they're not going for a very real-worldy look, but this is good. Like, I would never be upset with this. Um, and, and, and you're right. It does make me want to see what, you know. I mean, Crash Bandicoot could be announced when we get to E3. 
Yeah. Which, you know, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, it really, it makes me really want to see that. It makes me really want to know what what these games can do. You know? Um, I also have no idea if I went the right way or not. I'm hoping I didn't so I can find new stuff. But, I mean, we'll find out. But, uh... See, my, my thing is with this is, like, we talk about how there aren't very many, like, original ideas. And, I mean... That is true, but at the same time, like, I really would enjoy, like, remakes of these, you know, classic platform games because there aren't, there's, like, a huge niche that's not being filled, you know. There are very many platformers, like, cartoony platformers like this on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One because, you know, they, the game systems have become so, what's the right word? They become so put, like, just for, like, adults, like, adult males, that they think that we would not enjoy playing games like this. So it's like, you know, Call of Duty, 2K, uh, fighting games like Mortal Kombat, which are good. You need those games as well. But at the same time, like, there aren't very many of these, like, platformer cartoony story games or, like, games just from our past. Like, I would love to see a Jack and Daxter. I would love to see another Parappa the Rapper. Exactly. Like, but they just don't want to take the time and effort to do that fan service. Because I, f- I know they would make money making another Sly Cooper. We know they would. They're making a movie. So I'm assuming they're going to make a game. I think it'll be a lot like this. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, there are some early reports of the movie and, you know, how good it is, how bad it is, etc. But, I mean, it's a video game movie, so what, what can you expect, you know? And the only thing that bothers me, though, is we are, <clears throat> like, some of these scenes are, some of these scenes are from the movie. And I don't like that. I really don't. If, if, if you're gonna... Release the movie in the game. Release the movie like two months before. You know what I mean? The thing is, that's funny about this is that like most of the time, movie games suck. Suck. But this is a movie based off a video game, so the game is going to going. It's just always going to be better than the movie. Yeah. Not like the movie is probably going to be trash compared to the original game. The original. Oh yeah. Trilogy. It's going to be trash compared to this game. Because I've played this and like, I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it out of the most of any Ratchet playing, which is good. You should always have the latest be the most enjoyable out of all of them. But I just think it's kind of weird that it's like, you know, from once a movie game is better than the actual movie. True. I mean, look at Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, that was not good. Um, but we're going to kind of keep it a little bit shorter than normal. Um, let me, let me look here. I'm pretty sure next week will be a full review 
Not to say that the entire episode next week is going to be um, about one game. I I personally don't like doing that. I like trying to talk to about talk to you guys about as much as possible. Um, my GameStop app is messing up. Um, but what I was going to say is I'm pretty sure that Battleborn is next week. Um, it just said I had, it just showed pre-orders in there. Yeah, there you go. So for the games that we do have pre-ordered and I know that we've already said like, you know, we don't really like pre-ordering. The only reason I do is I want to guarantee that we're going to get a copy of the game when the game comes out. Lately, a lot of game companies, like if you go to GameStop and you don't pre-order a game, you can go, like with Ratchet & Clank, we didn't get the day that it came out. And you see that it's sold out. You have to wait till the next shipment comes in. They send enough for the pre-orders and then they take care of the general public. Uh, I mean, Walmart and Target would be a little bit different. They don't really do pre-orders. But make sure that you get yourself a copy. $5 if you really want the game isn't huge. And then, you know, if you want the collector's edition, maybe you put 25 down. You know, something like that. But, yes, Battleborn is on the 3rd. Um, next, this whole next month, or I guess all this month, is going to be ridiculous. So yeah, Tuesday, Battleborn. Next, yeah, next week from today, basically. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. We will have the collector's edition on that. <clears throat> on the 17th, we have Homefront, The Revolution. Um, we'll have the collector's edition on that because I want the RC car. That is just a personal thing. Um, on the 24th, Mirror's Edge, as well as Overwatch. Um, we will have the collectors on both of those. Um, I think this is messing up, like on my app, because as I kept scrolling, it, I got the collector's edition separate from the game. I pre-ordered it before they included both together. Mm -hmm. I'm paying the same amount still. But now it's saying that the game doesn't come out until June 7th. What? Overwatch? Yeah. It doesn't. It's That's the open beta. The open beta is this month. Oh, well then I get the collector's edition stuff during the open beta. No, that's a part of the collector's edition. You get early access to it. Oh. It, it comes out in June, like early June or like mid-June, but you get early access to the beta, like two weeks or something like that, compared to everybody else. So that's like the biggest draw from pre-ordering Overwatch. Not Overwatch, Mirror's Edge. Oh, Mirror's Edge? Oh, I was on Overwatch. Overwatch comes out this month. Overwatch does? You're right. The open beta is this month. Open beta is this month. Um, oh, my chest. No. Um, June 7th. Except for I guess I get the collector's edition stuff because it doesn't come with the game early. So. On oh, Mirror's Edge? Yeah. What did that come with? Didn't it come with, it came with a booklet? It comes with a lot to do. Um, 
Because can't you buy the collector's edition and not get the game too? Yeah, you can. So that's probably why you get it separately like that. Um, so we'll have the collector's edition to show you guys what's inside. You'll still be able to get a collector's edition that comes with the game, though. That is still available online. Um, not just to always shout out GameStop, but I know they have some copies available online. Um, there is a new game coming out that I am so excited for. And it's 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 not going to be talked about. I promise that this is going to be one that slides under the table mainly because the price for it, brand new, is going to be thirty dollars. So it's not triple A. It's a game called Seven Days to Die. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Basically, Seven Days to Die is a survival RPG with 50 multi-tiered skill and perk groups. Um, so with that, you're going to be looking at um, you know, exploration. You're going to have to craft and repair you know, your clothes, your armor, your tools, weapons. Um, build a bunch of things. Um, traps. Fortresses. <clears throat> um, you can either do this... And you can do this game split screen, which is huge when it comes to new gen. And it also supports four players online in PvP and co-op survival. With creative modes included. Um... I'm personally super excited because this is going to be made by Telltale Games. And it's not going to be what we're used to. This is them going a little bit out of the box. At least, at least it seems like that. Okay? Another game that I'm super excited for. This one also is going to come out in June. These next few months are going to be really big for us. $20 game, Chris, I'm telling you, pick this up. Alright. I'm telling all of you guys, pick this game up. Um, July 26th, actually. Super Dungeon Bros. It's going to be $20, okay? Sorry. With $20. Alright. You're going to be playing. Now remember, it's called Super Dungeon Bros. Mm -hmm. You're gonna this is a rock themed realm of rocking. Um Oh, this game is gonna be so good. Um you can do four players, or you can uh, you know, obviously do it single. Co-op is available as well as cross-platform between Xbox One and Windows 10. Um, you have a random room generator. So if you try to go through the same dungeon twice, you will not know what's going on. Okay? Sadly, I'm going to have to type this in online because I want to make sure that I say this correctly. I want to make sure that I say the correct characters. Um... 
This is a second attempt mm-hmm. at. Oh my goodness, what was that game called that had. Uh, um, Jack Black in it? Oh, um. I don't know what you're talking about. Crap. That was actually a good game. I like that. It game. was. It was. But these are the characters. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can play as any of these four. You can play as Axel. You could play as Freddy, Lars, and Ozzy. Hmm. Uh, so we have Axel, uh, guitar player. Uh, Freddie Mercury is who I think that this is a nod to. Um, Lars, if I have to explain more than just saying Lars. I'm, I'm not even a rock fan. I know who Lars is. And again, Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. You, you, you know who it is. It's going to be awesome. Um, cross-platform, cross-play. Um, 16 weapons to unlock. Three unique worlds to explore. Um, the attacks. Okay. I'm only going to list two attacks, then I'm going to stop talking about this game. When it comes to co-op, you can do the Bronado and the Brocano. Okay, so is this a 2D like style game or is it like fully 3D? Um from my understanding because very I don't want to say little. There there's not much mm-hmm. out yet. It looks 3D but Did you play the Gauntlet game that was free? Yeah. It's, it's 3D like that. in that aspect. Okay, so you have 3D movement, but it's like not... It's like kind of like a 2D plane. Yeah, 2D plane, 3D characters. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, jumping up onto ledges and things like that. Okay, so it's like a Gauntlet-style game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited for it. All of the characters... With 16 weapons, you have, I believe... Uh, swords, crossbows, you know, it'll be all of that, like, middle, middle, mm, medieval, middle ages, times, weapons, um, so I'm super excited for that, um, I never actually said my rating on this, so before we get out, let me say that, I don't know yet, I guess that's also the other part of it, uh, I only played it for, you know, 54 minutes, I'm gonna give it, I'm going to give it an 8. I'm going to keep playing this, definitely. I'm going to definitely beat this game all the way through. Don't know about getting 100%, but I'm definitely going to, you know... 100% meaning trophies and everything inside. But I'm going to I'm gonna finish the story. Um, I'm also... I don't know, dude. I'm freaking out. I'm so glad Doom comes out next month. I'm super excited for Uncharted. Super excited for Battleborn. And it's my birthday month. So, turn up. This is gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun around here. So, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, what are, what are your thoughts now that I just explained that game? 
I'm sorry, man. That game just, I'm so pumped. It's only 20 bucks. Well, I mean, it sounds like a couch co-op type game. And that's like... Well, you could do couch or online. That, that yeah. definitely sounds like, you know, it's within that niche of games where I feel like it's needed right now because everything is like, you know, the Call of Duty style or 2K where it's like 1v1, you're playing with people, you don't see them. Like, there aren't very many, like, split-screen games or couch co-op games anymore because everybody's, like, we're so interconnected, we've become farther apart. And I like games like that. Like, I think it'd be a fun game to pick up and play. And for a price tag of $20, that's really not, that's, like, inexpensive. Inexpensive to play and enjoy, especially when you can be like, let's all let's all hang out and play this game, you know? Uh, uh, Song of the Deep is also going to be 20 bucks. Song of the Deep? Yeah. Um, Insomniac Games, new game. Uh, it has like a Metroid Castlevania esque movement, you know, two D, mm-hmm. um, pre moving. You're in a submarine, looking for the main character's father. Um, I guess it's supposed to be really good. A lot of good reviews have came out about it. It's also only going to be twenty bucks. If you want a physical copy, you have to go to GameStop. If not, sorry, you gotta get it digitally. Um, GameStop is actually the producer for the first time ever, which is confusing, but that was kind of part of the deal. We'll put up, I think it's a, it's a multi-million dollar deal, of course, but, um, they're the only ones that are allowed to have physical copies. And I'm, uh, and for all the people that are gonna be like, oh, I'll just go get it from Vintage Stock or a CD Trade Post or some other used, shut the fuck up. You can't get it new anywhere else. GameStop or digital. Um, I don't think it'll come with any collectors or anything like that. So I think that'll be a flat 20 bucks. Um, Super Dungeon Bros, flat 20 bucks. Um, seven Days to Die. Seven Days to Die will be a flat 30. I don't think that's going to go to collectors. If it does, it'll be 40. Don't trip. Yeah, I, I saw that. I've seen like the trailer for that. I was like kind of interested. Seven see. days to die. And I was interested I'm really to see excited. With that. I want to. As long as it's not like as story based, I think that could be really not saying that Telltale should get away from their storytelling abilities. They're great. Have that if it has the action with the Telltale story, I think we're looking at a ten. I'm interested to see like. How it handles because like I'm not sure if you're actually fighting the monsters. I don't know what the monsters even are. Nobody knows yet. Like I'm not sure if you're actually fighting the monsters or if you're just like you know you're like upgrading your character and like interacting with the environment and choosing to do certain things and seeing how things work out for you or if it's like you're actually like you know like a zombie or like a dying light where you're actually going out crafting these items and you have to fight. <clears throat> yeah, and the game makes it sound like you're gonna be crafting and rebuilding and or repairing and building and. It makes it sound like it's going to be like a dying light with the Telltale story and the Telltale artwork, which I think is going to be good. I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, Telltale has not struck it out yet. Like, they have not done anything, in my opinion, that has fucked them over. They've picked stories and, like, genres of, like, just, they've picked all the franchises they've picked. They've done a good job with not only staying true to the lore of those stories, but crafting out and carving out their own characters and niches. Like with the Walking Dead series, with the Game of Thrones, with Tales from the Borderlands, with, um, ah, crap, Wolf Among Us, and the Back to the Future game. They just, have, they just now have the Michonne Walking Dead 
you know, going on right now. Yep. I, they, they've done, like, a really good job. Like, all those games, to me, are 10 out of 10s. Like, even if I don't – even though I don't really even like Game of Thrones, you can still pick it up and play through it and still have fun, even though you may not know, like, all this extra stuff. The same thing with The Walking Dead. Like, you can still pick it up and play the game without – ever watching The Walking Dead. Without ever playing Borderlands, you can still play Tales from the Borderlands and still feel emotional attachment to the characters and understand what's going on. Which is great. Yeah. They're probably like, if not the best video game company right now, if not all time, like with their track record, like they, they have not done anything like wrong this whole entire time. Which is pretty crazy to me. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised that they didn't um, like mess up ever. Um, mainly because that's really hard to never mess up. Um, I mean, even I, I just feel like it's their track record is so good. It it doesn't feel like fair. You know, I think that I think they're gonna go down as top top tier. Like, I don't want I hate to say like all time, but top tier. Just it's going to be good, you know. Um, but that is gonna do it for us today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, as always. I'm Dom. And I'm Chris. And we got got next.